0: It's the TX Water Polo Podcast, James Smith in Austin, Joe Linehan in San Antonio. I'm coming to see you on uh, Saturday, Joe.
1: Yeah, you coming to the West Region Championships?
0: I am. Do, Do I have a place to stay? Didn't we talk about this before? Do you have an extra room in your new house? We do. If you want to stay, you're more than welcome to. No, I'm. I'm just coming down for the day. I. I uh, good because
1: I. Good because I really didn't want you
0: to stay. Here. Yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. That's the that's the uh, unspoken truth about that, right? So we're we're going to talk about that West Region Championships for high school coming up, but uh, and and a lot of other high school stuff as well. But first, a uh, recap of. Uh, you know what you would forget is that this is the second tags tournament of the calendar year. It's so strange, you know. It's
1: not, no, it's not. It's the first tags tournament of the calendar year. Wait, when was the last one? December uh,
0: f- f- almost the, the same calendar year you know like very super close I but once I saw it's, yeah it's the second tax tournament of the
1: school year
0: right okay fair enough though I, I I was looking at files that I create you know in order to organize tournaments for my players and stuff and I'm like wait a minute we just had tags but uh no I understand it went it, it uh it went really well um, and you're going to have the a list of results. Pegasus really did well. And uh, so yeah. we're going to have a conversation with Spencer Dornan later about uh, not only that, you know, this this last weekend, but the growth of Pegasus. And also he has a role in some of the
1: high school stuff going on in North Texas. But um, a Pegasus sweep, apparently. Yeah. We had four divisions play at the Texas Age Group State Water Polo Championships, also known as Tags Water Polo Champs, um, this past weekend in Pearland. Um, We had a fourth grade in, in younger division. Uh, that was awesome, a, by the way. A, a Sixth grade in younger division, uh, eighth grade in younger division, and eighth grade in girls division. And Pegasus did indeed sweep all four divisions. So congrats to all the Pegasus athletes and coaches and all the parents that were down there. They've done a great job of growing their club and getting more kids out there and playing. And, um, yeah, congrats.
0: If you follow them on social media, it's just nothing but, you know, Oh, we have access to this new pool, and we've added this many people, and yeah, they've done a really excellent job of getting that club up and running. So, um, you want to go over those? Uh, who, you know, top three, for, or who? Wait, it's banner
1: winners, right? Like the the top three get banners. Yeah, the, yeah, the top three get banners, and um, and for the eighth grade and under girls, it was Pegasus first, Viper prison second, and Thunder third. For the eighth grade and younger mixed, it was Pegasus first, it was Trident uh, kind of second, and Thunder third. For the sixth grade and under mixed, it was Pegasus Blue, which was their 18th first. Yes, they were, I noticed. And then that. it was of oh, of oh, Viper Pigeon second, and Zilla Waterpool third. And then for the fourth grade and younger mixed, we only had two teams. <laughs> they played two games on, on, on Saturday, and it was a lot of coaches yelling, "Swim!" Yes, <laughs> sir. <for> um, <laughs> but that was Pegasus beat uh beat the triumph aquatics team
0: so yeah that was but it's so fun like watching the young guys i mean i coached a sixth grade and under team that had a lot of young kids on it so seeing the ones that were even younger playing was was both super fun and uh, and entertaining
1: so uh, all good and all those results are at the southwest zone website and also there's and thank you so much for james jacks who put together a bunch of action shots and was there kind of, kind of all weekend and taking shots. And he gave me a link and I shared that with all the teams and I've already gotten a lot of parents. that have said, Oh my God. Yeah. Like the action shots were great. So James Jacks, thank you so much. And, um, so that's, that's all posted at the Southwest dot org website, which is the Southwood zone website.
0: Yeah. I got to finally meet him actually in person. You introduced me actually. So, but he only took 2,100 photos, Joe. I mean, geez, like, he, what's, what's no, he, he doing over probably there probably about 4, actually that's 000, right he so said four
1: grand and then he weeded him out that's just amazing exactly to me. so yeah. but yeah i mean and, that, and and he turned that around in what 24 hours so something like that, that was that was that was uh, that was amazing it's pretty insane and, yeah. and it's great i mean granted we were limited to the number of teams but we had a lot of clubs from around the state yeah that were there this past weekend and we actually had spectators I know
0: it was so great, it was just so it was great. great. and parents they, were
1: great. Th- th- um, parents th- were wearing masks. I really had to go up there and ask them to do, um, t- to wear a mask. I still did here and there. The worst people that don't wear masks are the coaches. Oh, like me? Um, probably. There's and only so one occasion. Just, I, have to, I have to politely go ask them to do it. Politely, and, and yeah, and sometimes not so politely. So that's okay. <laughs> but uh but you know it's i mean it's just it's great it's great that the kids are playing it's great that we were able to have a couple different that we were able to have the 2020 tags and also now this is the 2021 tags and for those that are just kind of we will always have this tournament um during the high school season so the next tags tournament's going to be in the spring of 22 Right. right. And then we will have two tax tournaments in the same calendar year, yeah, James. That is funny. Um, and then we'll have a, another tax tournament in the fall of 22. Cause that's when the high school season switches. And then, so that'll be two tax tournaments in the year of 2022. And we're going to continue that in 2023 and beyond, because we're eventually going to have a fall tags, which will just be for the younger kids. And then we'll have a spring tags beginning in 2023, in like in like the April time frame for all age groups. Oh, interesting! I didn't know that. So yeah, breaking so that's news. That's kind of the plan moving forward. So there you go. It's actually pretty um,
0: important to note that because I literally just got an email from somebody yesterday saying I can't find out what's going on with the high school season in the in the coming calendar year. And so it's exactly as you just, you just explained. Like next spring, 2022 will be the final Tiska water polo club season and then uil begins the same fall like so there's two high school seasons in the calendar year of 2022 uh and then and then that's it there's no more spring water polo but the the fact that they were having two separate tags tournaments in order to cover both of those
1: seasons is very cool yeah i mean yeah like it's just it's yeah calendaring is going to be is yeah, is always very important but is going to be a little confusing over the next couple of years because we are switching the high school seasons going from spring fall in 22 and that'll be a little confusing for everybody
2: yeah,
0: I think we'll, I think we'll be able to manage, but it is the whole notion of the UIL sort of quote, taking over the sport is just completely fascinating to me. I just, I, I can't wait. I don't think it's going to be trouble free. I'm not saying that. I just can't wait to see how that actually looks because, uh, for as long as I've been involved in the sport, which is less than you, then it's been managed by TISCA, which is, has worked, I think quite well, but, uh, but
1: now it's, it's just going to be different. Yeah, okay. it's going to be different, but but so are the events like Tags. And then this past weekend, we're just going to have to make some changes and, and adjust and adapt accordingly. But this past weekend, Tags was great. I mean, kids were playing hard. There were teams or were tons of, like, subs. So we probably could have had probably 30 teams, you know. So, I mean, we were kind of limited to 20 or the 22 that we had because yep. we had a couple extra of, of the fourth grade and under games. But um, it was great, and a shout out to the Southside Water Polo Club that was the local host. They did a great job of providing the table workers, the like the safety monitors. You know, I mean, we 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 the Southwood Zone cannot host these events without the local hosts. Well, you and will, we try to make it, and we try to make it worth their while too. But you know, it it takes a village to do yeah yeah to do these events. You know, and these and tags is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, and I still remember not that long ago, really tags being a, on a one course on Sunday afternoon. Right.
0: Yep. I remember so that too.
1: We've come a long, long way here. We did move it to a two day tournament and now it's now it's now, now we might need to find a third course at some point. So
0: good. Well, you know, who's going to be in control of that? Cause you were, you, you, you know, you Southside obviously played an enormous role, but there's Joe walking around in the deck. Like I mean, I would, I would have, would not have been surprised if suddenly I saw you wearing all white and refereeing, like you were, you were everywhere doing everything.
1: No, no, I mean, this again, this is part of the Southwest Zone Events Committee. Um, this is probably my last tournament to be the, my last tags tournament to be the tournament director. Uh-huh. That'll that that'll fall on somebody else's shoulders, kind of, um, in uh, the spring of twenty two. Um, but we do have a Southwest Zone events committee that kind of handles all the Southwood zone events and we're just getting all of them kind of up to speed this year. So there's a bit of a transition. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a little, you know, kind of the bittersweet. I'm glad, I'm glad we had the tournament, but yes, and I, and I know I'm the one that started these tags tournaments a while ago, but yeah, that, that was the last one that I'll be there as the tournament director.
0: Yeah. The last one is the official tournament director, but, uh, to, to assume that you're not going to have anything to do with it. That's ridiculous. We all know that.
1: That is the goal. That is the
0: goal. <clears throat> I know I'm, I'm on board with that actually. Um, did you want to, so let's, uh, ODP rosters have been selected, um, We'll just move on to that briefly. Um, the tournament is set for Memorial Day. When I say rosters, I mean the selections have been made, and then then, then each of uh, my boys' teams needs to divide them into two different teams uh, that will com- potentially compete against one another. But, but that's all basically done. It's on the calendar. We're starting to do all the organizational stuff about getting ready to, for people to actually compete. So it's exciting stuff. Um, but that was a – it was a – it was a very interesting process because uh, we have some more flexibility this year than we had in the past about creating multiple rosters and having additional players. It was it was a uh, it's been very very interesting and we're looking forward to again coming to San Antonio in wow not that long from now uh, you know, like not four that weeks long. yeah not amazing. That long. Yes. And
1: more details coming
0: for that more, lots more details coming and people have been, um, rightfully asking me a lot of questions about what's going on. And I'm, uh, I put a FAQ page or a post up on the uh, website so you can go check that out. It'll be updated accordingly. But yeah, I have a lot of outstanding questions too, and I will basically post them whenever I find
1: out what the answers are. So there you go. Perfect. Now here, just, yeah. And just one thing I forgot to mention. Yeah. Yeah. During our tax talk is I have to give a shout out to the Dawson high school boys team. Oh, all right. All right. Cause I guess, cause, um, cause coach Daniel Cox is part is, yeah, is part of Southside And he just mentioned that his boys were, his boys listened to this. So, um, they better, uh, uh, thank you for listening. And, um, but, um, I guess I didn't give them enough props or something, or we didn't give them enough props. Uh, I, so, hey, they are undefeated right now, and they're going for a state championship. So I wish them nothing but the best of luck. They are playing this yeah this upcoming weekend um, in their semifinals. So kind of, kind of good luck to them. And thank you, the Dawson High School boys and girls that came out and helped work and help and helped work the table this past weekend. Talking about that, a funny little story. Apparently, five or six years ago, you know. I was told that this, um, that, that I was I, like, you know, Southside was hosting an like, lot like a tournament. And, um, and I kind of yelled at the table probably. No. Um, and this was as the tournament director and I probably got on, and apparently there was a nine year old kid there that thought about it and basically has been scared to death of me ever since. That's shocking. <laughs> and, um, and so, I I got told that on Saturday and then that kid his name is Layton Craft. So a little call to Layton Craft. Um he um he was working the table so Colby and I kind of went up to him like and I was like and and I went up to him I go so so then just to kind of kind of mess with him a, like a little bit I go so do you know how to work the clock? And and then his eyes got big. And then I started telling him the story about this kid that just messed up the flags. Yeah. A, like, like this nine, 10 year old kid. And his eyes just got big. And finally I let him off the hook and everybody was, yeah, I was laughing. And he, and he just, it was a huge sigh of relief. He was like, Oh my God, I was that kid. So yeah, it goodness. was, it was, it was pretty funny. And again, a big, a, a big shout out to the Dawson boys, kind of good luck this weekend and good luck at state.
0: So. Yeah, that's a stunner that somebody's uh slightly intimidated by you, Joe. Yeah. Well that's new. Not, not on purpose. Hey, hey,
1: hey, in, yeah, in my defense, yeah, you have to have a good table in order to have a good tournament. Yeah. You have to have good you have to have good table workers in order to have a good tournament. Yeah. So because that can ruin a tournament really, really fast. Yeah.
0: Listen, I so, wanna follow I want to follow up on that because you thank them for listening to the show. Listen There's a bunch of ODP kids on that team. And so the fact is that you're just not going to make the ODP roster if you don't listen to the show. That's, uh, you know, I know that's a controversial position, but that's, that's my story. I'm going to move
1: on from that comment and just say, I like a ton of people this past weekend said that they listened. Now they may have only listened once or twice, which is great, Mm -hmm. but um, Hey, thanks. Yeah. Just thanks (laughs) for people for listening. And uh, I mean, just, Please let us know if you want us to talk about something different besides <laughs> or my health and my moving and all that stuff. So or we're not talking
0: you. about anything at all. Then it's just like, can you guys just stop this podcast? Yeah, I mean, that's fine too. Yeah, that'd be fine too. All right, we'll come right. back and we'll talk a little bit about high school in a second.
1: Right about now, you might be expecting some song and dance about a product you don't need. Well, shush, we don't advertise here and we want to keep it that way so we sure would appreciate your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate
2: so we can keep covering the sport we love in the great state of Texas.
3: Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr. And when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo podcast.
1: So, so now back to high school. So um, the Houston, like the Houston area regions, which is the South region and the East region, they are, they actually already have their state qualifiers. The top four boys' teams and top four girls' teams have already qualified. Mm -hmm. So in the East Region, which is basically the north part of Houston, um you on the girls' side, we have the Memorial and Um St. Agnes are playing for the championship this weekend. And on and then Jersey Village and Side Creek are playing for third place. So those are the four teams that have qualified on the girls' side for the girls in the east region. On the boys, in the boys you have um strake and memorial are playing for first place then you have stratford and bridland that are playing for third place
0: there's a team i've never even heard of before and i, I don't i'm not saying that with pride i mean like, I,
1: i've just never heard of it before yeah they're up in the side fair school district so um yeah so congrats to all those teams that yeah. have already qualified for absolutely State. that's fantastic and then, then down in the south region, which is the south part of Houston, they've also had their teams kind of qualify for state. So on the, and, But they're playing the semifinals and finals this upcoming Friday, Saturday. So on the girls' side, the qualifiers are Foster, Brazoswood, Clear Creek, and Lamar. Then on the boys' side, it's Dawson, Clear Lake, Brazoswood, and Lamar. So congratulations to all those teams. Congratulations to Brazoswood and Lamar who qualified both their boys and girls.
0: So, right. Nice work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, so, so congrats to those teams. Um, congrats to all the teams that, yeah, that got to play this past, uh, like this spring down, yeah, down in Houston. Um, I, I know it's only the top four teams that get to go to state. So I hope those teams will kind of represent your region as well. And then as far as the other two regions that are remaining, you have the North region that is playing this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then you have the West Region that is playing Saturday only, and that'll determine who gets to go to state. Then,
0: but awesome! Like I said, I'm going to be there. Um, not, well, not both places, but in uh, San Antonio on Saturday. I'm looking. I haven't seen. Uh, gosh, man, West Regional seems like an a just an eon ago. You know, last time it was played. So I'm, I'm excited because I've got a lot of players in that tournament. It's really fun, and so I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm gonna, I'm, and I'll probably be sitting next to you, Joe. You know, when that. Where are you going to be sitting? Are you on the deck? Not next to you. Why not? We have, we have a I'll podcast. Be,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll be helping out with the tables, and oh, I'm not doing that. Okay. That yeah, that's what I'll be doing. I I, I will have not that much responsibility actually. Good. Yeah. Be fun. It will be I will be volunteering my time. So Beautiful. Okay. Uh, so th-
0: that's upcoming. States are coming. Well, do, let's talk about that maybe a little bit. So states are coming. i got to get my calendar again just so that I'm absolutely sure. States are,
1: the girls' states are May 7th and 8th There you go. in North Texas at the Westside Aquatic Center. Right. The boys' state championship is May 14th and 15th at the Cy Fair and Auditorium in Northwest Houston.
0: Cool. And then we have an announcement that you're going to either like or not, and that is we're streaming it.
1: We are streaming those games. It's going to be, um, it's going to be in conjunction with USA Waterpolo, the, the local the local clubs, and also the TX pole group here. So yeah, it's it's going to be streamed. It's going to be nice. There's going to be score on like with the, like there's going to be graphics with the score and stuff on there too. We're not going to promise the call yet. We will see how that goes. But we are going to be streaming all the games at Bull State Championships.
0: Look, if nothing else, what we'll be doing is pointing cameras at these courses so that you can watch. But anything further than that, like, for example, high-quality commentary, I'm not sure
1: you know, if that's going to happen at all. but Especially if we are giving the commentary, it, it will not be high quality. Well,
0: I, a lot of people think I'm Vin Scully. Actually, uh, if you're young, go look up who Vin Scully is, by the way. it's cause That, that just ages Vince me. I know you do, but I, I do mean, yeah, nobody else does anyway. But uh, yeah, no, so <laughs> we'll, we'll be streaming that. It's a total experiment. It's going to be hilarious. So it's me, you, Ker, yeah, like, I Kerr, actually. We should just yeah. let
1: him so, do it. So um, yeah, uh, uh, Janai Kerr is coming into Texas as well. He's be doing a ton of camps, um, and he's also going to be kind of kind of hanging out doing his Janai thing at the state uh, at the state tournaments as well.
0: We so, should. Uh, I mean, he is the one of he, he is just like one of the greats uh, in as an ambassador. We should just let him do the entire stream, it's, but it is a lot of work actually.
1: Um, so well, I mean, he he's not coming into just do the stream. He's no, coming in of to course talk to not. the kids and yeah, and talk to the parents and talk to the like coaches and and probably help give out some awards. And those that don't know, he's a 2004 Olympian. So. You,
0: you know what, the p- one problem with Janai is, though, is that he's so talented that he went from being a goalkeeper and now he plays the field. So I have a bunch of kids that practice with me sometimes, like, hey, well, he does it. Why can't I do both? I'm like, um, you know, first he concentrated on one thing and then another, you know. But they, they just hold him out as an example of that they can be just super flexible. I'm like, no, I don't think so.
1: And I also think people are trying to reach out to Janai and try to get him on their Masters teams for Masters Nationals. That is in North <laughs> Texas at the end of August.
0: Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Is that true? That is so funny. Just, now people are just trying to recruit. That's so great. Oh, yeah.
1: Which uh, is great because now, oh, wait, we have Masters of Nationals. We only have to drive to it? Sure. So let's go. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. People, let's. People actually it, ask me to play. I go, no. No, they do not. Nobody needs to
0: see me. in a. No one room. has asked you to play. Are you crazy? Really? People have asked. People no have asked way. Me. No way. You know, you and I have, you and I have never played in the, in the pool at the same time. I'll show show you the skills. That's okay, yeah. I I kind I kind of hung it up a long time ago. So. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's do rankings of teams here. Um, we did get votes, so um, not not too surprising. I don't think anything uh, that we say. Boys side top five are St. Marks, Dawson, Flower Mound, Memorial, and then a tie for fifth between Carroll and Brazos Brazoswood. So. Congratulations to them. They're the top five boys teams of the week. Um, For the girls, it is Foster, Flower Mound. Foster and Flower Mound are almost statistically tied, almost, but they're not quite. So Foster, Flower Mound, St. Agnes, Memorial, and then Geyer. So not again, not super surprising. A little bit of a change from last week, but there you go. Top five rankings of the week. Um, And then Players of the Week. I'm going to get that screen going up here. Players of the Week. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Okay. Uh, newcomer of the week is Augie Laredo. You're going to sense a theme, I think, today a little bit because it's not necessarily so focused on statistics and stuff because there's other reasons why we want to name these players. But Augie Laredo of Lamar High School is the newcomer of the week. He he busted his arm last December December, and hasn't been able to play. So he came back, had a good weekend, and uh, was cited for having some good ex- Assists in their final games, so that's Aguilarito. Yeah, well, no,
1: but no, but no, but that's awesome. So I mean, he's not just the newcomer, but also the comeback player. That's of it. Like
0: that's totally and a ninth grader, right? So genuinely newcomer. Um, the boys' player of the week is Owen Murphy from Austin High School. I know that guy. Um, yes, is,
1: yeah. Is that the first West Region person that's been selected?
0: That is correct. That's the first one. We had a lot of nominations from the West, which was really nice. So uh, because they had a they had a big you know tournament earlier in the last week, so um, they finally had some people watching a a bulk of those games. The last time was at our pool, which was like a month and a half ago, it feels like. But Owen is uh I know this guy. Um he's a local guy that I know. He not only is he he's probably the most talented player on that team. He's going to do well for Austin High. Um but really, you know, Austin High School has had um what should you how should we put it? They they have they have been successful at putting together teams, but barely. And so he has really, you know, as we say with duct tape and uh, bailing wire, been able to put that team together almost by, not by himself, but, you know, he's he's been a very key member of making sure that that, that team actually competes, which is awesome because that's a school that we need to play in the West region. Um, and then female player of the week, Riley. Riley. So, Joe, remind me how to uh, pronounce the last name. Riley Riley, Riley Chapel. Chapel. Okay. I didn't wasn't sure if it was Chappelle. So Riley Chapel of uh, Geyer High School she had six goals, 10 assists, eight steals over the weekend and uh, is being touted as one of the team leaders for that uh, very highly ranked team. So congratulations. And
1: that's gonna be, and that's, that's going to be boding well for the Geyer girls that are going into the Ridge Championships this weekend. Precisely. So, so good luck to them.
0: Good luck to them. Congratulations to Owen Murphy, Riley Chapel, and Augie Laredo. And uh, so that's it. We're going to come back. We'll have a conversation with the great Spencer Dornan right after this. Hi, this is Natalie Benson,
3: and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas.
0: Hey everyone, it's Spencer Dornan. If you don't know who he is in the state of Texas at this point, then you know you really should not be listening to this podcast. But here you go former national team member, former, I was going to say former friend of mine, <laughs> because not former, but friend of mine even way back in the old California days and uh, head coach at Pegasus, uh, former coach. Are you still work coaching St. Mark's? It's unclear to me.
3: Yeah, I, I am. I got my hat in that re- arena as well. Um, but also a consolidated
0: you know, team, a high school team, and, and uh, you know, basically emperor of the Texas Water pole Universe. It's Spencer Dornan. Thanks for uh, spending a couple minutes with us, Spencer.
3: Thanks, champs, for having me. Uh, thank you for the high praise. <laughs> I appreciate it. But uh, as I was saying before, it takes a village to, to do anything. There's a lot of people uh, within... Each of the organizations that i am that are doing a great job and really helping hopefully texas water polo get to new levels
0: I, um i left you know? out odp too that was my mistake well uh
3: well thank you anyway but uh, yeah <laughs> no i mean it's been it's been a really exciting year for 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 all of our our groups um you know and obviously you know we're just building on the the backdrop of people that have come before us and have done, you know, legwork that, you know, allows each of us to kind of try to push water polo further and to to higher levels and, um, and see what we can accomplish. Um, but it's been very exciting.
0: All right. I'm uh, happy to let you be generous to other people, but, uh, I didn't invite them. I invited you. So we're, I do want to talk about tags, right? So Joe and I already spoke about it to Pegasus swept tags and, uh, I, it's an indicator really to me of the way that your club has grown so quickly. And so I, I wonder if you want might want to back up and just talk about how, what the intention was from the beginning for Pegasus as a club, sort of how it came to fruition. And I mean, I can't imagine that you'd be anything but pleased about where you are um, as, far, as far as growth and success, but maybe you had different aspirations and you haven't quite got there yet.
3: So Pegasus got started as a um, a spinoff from St. Mark's and uh, Trident Water Polo, which is based out of the St. Mark's School, Texas, which is an exclusive club just for St. Mark's. Um, and to back that up, that actually was a spinoff to what was Thunder and Lightning. And now obviously Thunder is its own entity. Um, and we wanted to be a all-inclusive water polo club, both boys and girls, um, and sort of serve the central Dallas and East Dallas um, community. Uh, and so really the aspiration from the beginning was, and it still is, is to be a nationally competitive water polo club, um, based on you know fundamentals, discipline, and um, you know, a, a just a very competitive team. Uh, that was always the goal. Um, in addition to that, we wanted to um, just really spread the benefits of youth sports and you know, water polo and our love for water polo in general to all kids, uh, regardless of their talent level. Um, so, uh, yes, I wanted to be a top club in Dallas and. And then Texas, and uh, then the Southwest zone region, and eventually, hopefully, the broader U.S. Um, so we've had a lot of success recently, um, but just like any club, there's going to be peaks and valleys, and it's just trying to make sure that you know those valleys are are not as deep, and you know just have a consistent you know, level of athlete that's coming, being produced and really just trying to get the most out of each athlete that we work with.
0: What is it that's going to make you nationally competitive? I would argue that you already are. Um, but I ha I, I'm quite sure that you're not satisfied with the degree to which you're competitive. You want to be even more competitive. So what's it going to take?
3: Uh, more hard work, <laughs> you know, every day is a new opportunity to, to improve. And, um, it's not being complacent, not being satisfied with where you're at. And uh, while enjoying the moments of success, being able to reflect on yourself and say, okay, well, where can we get better? Um, How can I learn more? How can I teach better? How can I communicate better to my athletes? Uh, As you know, being a coach, that you can say something to your athletes a thousand times, and all of a sudden, someone comes in and uses different vocabulary, and it's the aha moment, right? And you've been butting your head against that wall. And so, you know, every day looking at each of my athletes and saying, okay, how do I improve them? What, what can I be doing differently or, or what, you know, what's a different way um, of doing things. And um, you know uh, it's, you know, one of the new things that we've been doing and I'm happy to share is, you know, for our youngest athletes, we've really actually, we brought in swim coaches And we focus on just swim technique. And I think that's something that if we can get our athletes to be more efficient in the water, um, it only helps them have more energy to do the other water polo related activities. And so that's been a big emphasis for us uh, recently. And I think it will continue to be.
0: Did you know that I lifted that program from you completely? That Aquatex has its own swim to score program after I met with your coaches with Nicola, yep, it's that, it's that big a deal.
3: Well, it's good. And I think more, more, more teams should incorporate that. I, you know, it's, um, I, it's been really a benefit. I mean, I know that, um, swim coaches won't like to hear this, but, you know,
2: <laughs>
3: you know, a lot of, a lot of the kids, they, they go. They come to us and and they're young. They're in that seven eight year old range, and they can't swim. And so we can't really teach them to play water polo until they learn to swim. And so then they go to a swim team, and the swim teams just say they basically gobble them up, and we never get them back. Right. So um, our our method to that was well, let's teach them to swim. Uh, not a hundred percent, but you know they have to be at a certain level, and then try to build on that. And once they get uh, you know, their their swimming increases and their strength increases in the water. Then we add in more water polo skills. So
0: and not just um, teaching them to swim, but teaching those who already might know how to swim decently to swim more efficiently, better, faster, etc. Uh, in in service of water polo. At least that's the way I perceive it. And now. I, I'll speak for you for a moment, <laughs> not, but the program, as far as I'm concerned, is a great one because my club is part of a swim team, and it's a, and then it's attractive to swim coaches and water polo coaches because then you offer options for your athletes where they're sti- they're remaining in the water. So you know th- that's been one of the great uh, revelations to me is that's a process that has been very helpful for us, and uh, so I credit to you and to your uh, your team for putting to get together the program, really.
3: Yeah, I think it's been a great addition. Um, You know, as I've said before, uh, not all water pool players are swimmers, and not all swimmers are water pool players, and they're going to eventually kind of define where they want to go. But at least having the option to do both, I think, is important for them.
0: Let me go back to something because we talked about how it is that you're going to be more nationally competitive. The one of the simple ways of doing so is to just have more competition. And that means in California, at least as far as I'm concerned, do you share that aspiration? Do you think that you can you can do it just by playing in Texas? I mean, uh, what's the what are your intentions as far as getting a Texas team more exposed to, to competition from other teams from throughout the country?
3: I think there's twofold to that answer in terms of strategy. I mean, I think long-term we'd love to have teams come here to us. So we're not traveling as much, but uh, I think the short-term answer is that we have to go out there and we have to prove that it's worth coming to Texas to play. Right. I think the pandemic has, has, Benefited us in a, in a great way, where you know California teams haven't been able to play, and we've started to get teams from out there that are willing to travel. We had that um that tournament that Thunder put on up in North uh, North Texas, and there was California teams that came out for that, and they're not winning everything. And all of a sudden, I think that's kind of a little bit of an highlight, like hey, we can get competitive games that don't necessarily have to be in California. Now, if we go out there and you know, at an ODP championships or JOs, that any of our clubs in, in Texas, and we start to, to, you know, to get into those top level games and, and prove that we can compete, then we can start inviting teams out here and they're going to be willing to come and travel. So I think it's kind of a two-pronged attack, um, you know. I, I think that also, you know, we're getting, uh, which is a big coup, um, you know, uh, Masters Nationals is coming to, to North Texas. Uh, in august and that's a great another great way of getting teams to come back out here i know it's it's masters but you know that also starts to get hey maybe we can have other national events out in in texas and that just gives us more exposure um, to the community to get more athletes involved in water polo uh, as well as hopefully proving that we can play on that field
0: are you are you going to put on the suit for that masters tournament uh, Show us your left-handed the stuff. Answer,
3: the 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 answer is I have been getting in the water more, and oh. <laughs> we'll see. You know, I uh, I'm. I'm optimistic that I might put on, be able to play and not make an total embarrassment of myself.
0: <laughs> um, uh, let, let me back up even further because you talked about what it's going to take for your teams to be more competitive about hard work and such. I am curious now that you and I've been here for quite a while, you've, co- you've coached California kids. You've co- coached Texas kids. What is it that's the same between them? And if there's anything different, what is
3: uh, you put me on the spot here. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I don't see much of a difference. I mean, obviously the talent level ebbs and flows in both places. Um, you know, I gotta say, you know, with no disrespect to my California kin, um, the Texas kids are, are, are extremely polite. Um, You know, one of the things that blew me away one of the first days that I was coaching here was I, you know, some one of my athletes may have not been pleasing me quite well. And I kind of laid into them. And, you know, practice ended. And the kid came up to me and thanked me and then shook my hand. And I I was absolutely blown away. It would have never happened in California. I probably would have got a scowl and a phone call from their parents. Um, so it was, it was refreshing. Um, so I, I really appreciate that the politeness, the respect level of the kids. I also feel that, um, the Texas water polo community is, has been great. Uh, it's been, you know, very welcoming and very cooperative within, you know, inter I guess, intra club. Right. So there's been a lot of, um, coordination communication between each of us to try to make water polo better here and I think that's been really refreshing and, and I've really enjoyed that.
0: Good let's uh, you have like as we said you you're a part of the St. Mark's program you have been for some time. How many state championships have you been a part of? I can, I, I can't even keep them straight. 5?
3: Something like that? Ye- uh yes. Yeah. F- five? That's right. <laughs> five. Um we won four in a row then we lost to Flower Mound. Uh, That Flowerman and Denton guy were very strong that year. And then we won the the year after that and then pandemic hit.
0: Okay. So, yeah. So St. Mark's are still associated with... Tell us a little bit about the team that you did coach. It's a consolidated team up in North Texas this year. And what was... I, I, I... how many of those kids were ones that you already knew and how was it just in general to be coaching a consolidated team? Cause it really is a different animal.
3: Yeah. So, uh, it, the consolidated team came out of the fact that, um, there were, I, I was trying to get the Highland park high school team off the ground. Um, and they came to me and said, we're not unwilling to field a team this year. And then, <coughs> uh, there was a, a, Jesuit Dallas Jesuit team, And they said they would be uh, unwilling to field a team. And then one of our board members at Pegasus had been a long time running the Dallas Independent uh, School District team. So all of these teams, they didn't have anywhere to play, right? And so for me, it was just a matter of I'm available. I can make some time in my schedule. And let's figure out how to get these high school athletes an opportunity to compete and so I just went ahead and said, yes, we're going to do this. And um, I was able to secure some pool time uh, four days a week. And we just said, let's do it.
0: What's your plan for the fall of 2022? So you, you, we have one more season of club water polo next spring. And then that ends and UIL takes over. What, what is it that you plan to be doing with regard to high school, if anything?
3: The, the true answer is, I don't know. Um, I have my hat in a lot of different arenas, but from my understanding with the UIL rules, if I am a head coach at a specific high school that's involved with UIL, then I can't coach those kids the other nine months a year. So it's not necessarily enticing for me to coach a UIL high school. Um, I would prefer to be sort of a feeder at Pegasus um, to the other high schools and be able to have connections to the kids um, the other nine months a year, 10 months a year, that whatever, how long the UIL season will last. Uh, That's kind of my plan right now. Um, You know, anything could change. Uh, There could be some situation that comes up that would be interesting to me. Um, But at this point in time, my focus is on Pegasus and, you know, um, and then just, helping the greater, you know, Dallas area, um, have high school water polo.
0: Um, I'm curious about your preference because you did say that, uh, you are interested in becoming a feeder, which I think is a valid way of coaching your club is, and especially in the state of Texas when you're unable to coach in high school, but if it were up to you, would you prefer to coach a high school team over a club team or does it matter?
3: I think there's a certain loyalty to coaching a high school team that, you know, obviously from the way I grew up, it was all about your high school team. Uh, Club wasn't actually very, I mean, I guess it was big throughout the United States or California when I grew up, but was not in my hometown, it was all about our high school team. Uh, So there's something to be said about that. Um, But given the current situation and where we're at, I, I would sort of prefer to be at the club level, um, just because I get to have influence on so many different athletes, not just a one group. Right.
0: And and it is just not possible. Like the 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 for those who don't know, in California <laughs> I would. I don't know if, what the statistics are, but I cannot imagine that the majority of water polo coaches are what they call off campus. So, it is not required for you to be a teacher or a or an employee of the school district in California in order for you to coach high school. And that's certainly the my. And I coached at a private high school, so it's a little bit different. But here, that's clearly not the case. And so, therefore. Being able to coach at the high school level is not something that is uh, nearly as easy as it is in California. So that, that's a, I'm actually with you on that, not that you asked, but I, I'm, I'm now much more committed to just creating what I call monsters where I can just spread them out to whatever the local high schools are and then they can have at it. It's, it's, it's entertaining that way.
3: That was actually kind of surprising to me to learn that you needed to be like a full-time teacher to, to be a water polo coach or any sport coach at a high school here. Um, which was interesting because as I was starting the Highland Park High School, I mean they essentially told me, "Hey, so you're going to become a teacher here?" Uh, uh, <laughs> no, that's not my intention. It's so, a news dispenser, um, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no, I, I understand. I get it. Um, so.
0: Cool. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. Um, Congratulations on the success of your club. Congratulations on whatever uh, comes next for your team at St. Mark's and for your other high school team. But uh, thank you very much for your time.
3: All right. Thanks, James.
0: That was Spencer Dornan, who, I mean, what hasn't he done? He's a former national team player, head coach at Pegasus, high school coach. He's the ODP coach. I mean, what else does he not do? Anyway, so talking about his uh, season uh, that's happened up until now, Um, but other than that, we are done as usual, Joe, is there anything else you want to talk about before
1: we get out of here? Yeah. Just talking about, Oh, like wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah. This past weekend, I think I told a couple of different people, we would not have a sport if we did not have conflict of interest. I, I was talking with somebody who said, you know, that, you know,
0: they didn't particularly want people to be both a coach and referee. And I get that from a sort of fairness standpoint, but like this we would collapse if we didn't have people who weren't doing multiple
1: roles. So yeah, I exactly. get that. So just thank you to all those that are that are wearing multiple hats and we hope that as this sport continues to grow that we that people can give their hats off to other people and start focusing on their high school team or their club team or the O D P stuff or you know or they only have a couple different hats as opposed to five or six but one really good thing about i mean the next couple of weeks is kind of jam-packed here we had tags this past weekend and we have the region championships this weekend we have state for a couple weekends then we have the odp regionals and we have spectators at all the stuff now too
0: oh that's a good point yes
1: i mean this is this is this is turning back kind of you know people are getting to see each other again so that i mean that like it's it's not just the coaches get to see the coaches but the kids get to get to see the kids the parents get to see the other parents um, and this is I'm glad we're getting back to normal
0: it is it I don't think that it is stressed enough how I mean this is the TX water polo podcast and how much Texas is I would say taking the lead in the country about competing in water polo it's been You know, sometimes I stand back and I think, you know, well, you know, this is nothing special, but it is. Like all the things on the calendar, the fact that spectators are coming back, the fact that people are making decisions about making sure that these kids get get to compete in a a safe setting has just been fantastic. I mean, people are watching from outside
1: of Texas. So well done to all y'all. And thank you for all the parents and all the athletes and all the kids that are still wearing their masks. We're not out of it yet. So we yeah we still have to do a lot of that stuff. So please please keep wearing your mask, please and please just follow the like the safety procedures at at, at the tournament because I know the tournament directors have their mandates from the facility and from their governing body. So let's just let's just get through these like tournaments and hopefully after the summer we are fully back to normal.
0: Yeah, I would just say yes. Follow the 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 rules of the it's I treat it as though going over to somebody's house. So you wouldn't walk around with your muddy shoes in somebody else's house. That's it.
1: And, and,
0: and I say normal is not really normal. It's new normal. Yeah. Well, more normal than not. That's what I'm looking for. Like I, I don't, I I have an outdoor practice and uh, I'm vaccinated. So, I mean, the science is pretty clear about that. I ain't wearing a mask at my practice anymore. And that's cool because it's, it's, I'm looking out the window right now. There's like 15 mile an hour gale winds, you know, so that happens all the time. But yeah, I follow the rules for the place and, I try to follow the rules
1: as best as I can. All right, James. So go. make sure you read the rules before coming to the West. Championships <clears throat> and I'll see you on Saturday.
0: See you on Saturday. Thank you very much, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening to the TX Water Polo podcast. If you want to support us, you can go to com forward slash give. It covers stuff like, uh, you know, like I said, we're streaming. It's not, you're not going to be paying for the streaming. We're very fortunate to have somebody else who's helping us with that. But, you know, Joe and I have to go up there and to these places in order to, to cover it. And that's, we choose to do that. But your help is always welcome. So thank you very, very much for that. But until next week, so long from Austin.
2: This has been a production of TWP Sports LLC.